Welcome to Harmony Christian Church Podcast. For more information about us, visit HarmonyChurchFamily.org. I didn't bring snacks today. Did anybody bring snacks today? I saw some of the kids got to have cardboard cutouts earlier. I thought, my goodness. Children's church is going to outperform us today. Can you all hear me okay? Because I can scream and get louder if you need to. Man, y'all are serious this morning. We're going to have to shake that off real quick. Who's excited to be in the house of God this morning? Amen. Yeah, what a powerful testimony back there about God and what he does. Yeah. That he heals, he delivers, he provides. We serve a living God, amen? amen. Man, I'm ready today. Well, pastors, pastor and his family have taken some time away. Let me tell you, that's important. We want them to do that. We want them to be refreshed, renewed. Um, you know, taking care of a bunch of sheep, as a few of you gentlemen know, is not easy work. And, uh, you know, being a pastor, it's kind of messy too. Uh, we can be difficult as sheep to deal with. So it's good for him to get away, pour into his family, let God pour into him. And so um, we want to keep them in our prayers. So let's just go ahead and open right now with prayer. Father God, we just thank you for this amazing opportunity to be in a free country, to be able to declare your word and declare your goodness, O oh God, in this place today. Lord, I pray for Pastor Josh and Amber and the children, God, as they're on vacation, Lord, that you would protect them and watch over them. Lord, I pray according to Psalm 91, 11, that you'd send your angels to be around them everywhere they go. But Lord, I pray that you would pour dreams and visions and dreams and visions into all of them, Lord. Let them be refreshed and renewed, God. Let them have an encounter with you as a family that strengthens the, 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 the household of their family, Lord, for years to come, Lord Jesus. And Lord, I just thank you that you would bring them back safely to us, Lord, ready to pour in what you've poured into them. But Lord, I pray today for the word going forth, Lord, that you would anoint my words, that they would be laced with your Holy Spirit to do what is intended to be done. Lord, I pray that you would wear me like a glove, that your, your will would be done... On, on earth as it is in heaven today, in Jesus' name we pray, and all the believers say, amen. amen. Well, we'll tell some stories today, and if you've, uh, if you're, I'm an 80s kid, so I kind of go back to a lot of the 80s shows where they, uh, the, the, the crime shows where they say, you know, the identities of these people have been hidden to protect not only them, but the innocent. So you might think, well, I know who he's talking about. Don't make that assumption. You may or may not be wrong. I know a few of you are like, maybe I need to leave now. <laughs> but it's going to be good today because God's got a special word for us today. Amen? Alrighty, I want to talk about something that um, I, I believe that God has really been stirring in me uh, about, about lots of different items. But one in particular is really about expectancy. Um, I, I believe that we live as believers uh, we're supposed to live as believers with a sense of expectancy for what God is going to do. We're supposed to live expecting great things. But unfortunately, we get weighed down with the things of this world. We get weighed down with natural circumstances. We get weighed down with our own mind, our own thoughts, and our own brokenness that we miss out on the freedom and excitement of living a life of expectancy. Let me give you some examples. But let me give you a definition of expectancy because I think we know what it means, but I just want to set some framework. So we're going to kind of navigate a little path here, lay some foundation, and then we're going to tell some stories. I say we because I think the Holy Spirit's going to help me. And then what we're going to do is we're going to have some fun. We're going to have some laughs. And then, and then I absolutely promise you the Lord has shared with me a couple things uh, that we're going to go through at the end. And I believe it's going to bless you today on this Father's Day. Amen. Amen. All right. So expectancy, according to Webster's Dictionary, is the act action or state of expecting. Let's say that again. Everybody say it with me. The act, the action, or the state of expecting. So it's not like a sit and still in your body and mind kind of thing. You're expecting things to happen. So let me talk about how we expect things. So uh, down in Florida, when we lived down in Florida for five years, uh, if there was even a sniffle on the news of a hurricane coming, there was all of a sudden mass panic. Within 24 hours, there would be no fuel at the local gas station and no bottled water at the Walmart. You would be out. 24 hours. If you were lucky, a lot of times it was 12 hours. 
Why? Because they were expecting what they heard on the television to come to pass. And they were preparing themselves for what was maybe or maybe not going to happen. We're talking 14 days in advance. And being Hoosiers, we're like, huh? Y'all have lost your minds. And then I thought to myself, well, not really. Because if the weatherman comes on and says there's going to be a snowstorm, there's no bread, milk, or eggs anywhere around this county. I don't know what y'all are eating and what we're doing, but we panic. What happens if somebody says it's going to rain today? Or say, it's going to, hey, it's going to rain this week. Every one of you growers in this room, change your entire plans for the week based on what one man says about the weather. Well, I'm probably not going to do this, but I'm going to do this. I'm going to definitely go put the raincoat in the car with me. Maybe an umbrella, maybe a hat, maybe my muck boots, right? We all change what we're doing based on one word. We have an expectancy. And if it doesn't happen, we're like, you know, a lot of times we're like, well, it, you know, sometimes it's wrong. But see, as believers, we should have the same expectancy and the supernatural that what God is going to do should dictate the natural actions that we have in our life. But we don't connect the two, right? We don't think of it like that. Any moment, the trumpet could sound and the game could be over. Any moment, what are we doing? Do we have our, ba our spiritual bags packed? Have we told our friends and family where we're going? And do you want to come with us? And what are we doing? Have we done that? Probably not to the extent we would if we knew exactly when. But we've got to have this expectancy and see... As a child on Christmas Eve, you have an expectancy when you wake up in the morning that Santa's going to bring you everything on your list. It doesn't matter how big it is. It might have been a horse. It might have been a fire truck. It, it, it might have been a car. We have an expectancy as little children. But somehow we get as old adults and, 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 and crusty and cranky and caught up in our old ways. And we lose that expectancy. <laughs> now I'm going to start telling some stories. Let me tell you something. Last night, we were, uh, my family and I, yesterday afternoon, we were at a special place. The, again, y'all don't know the identities. They are protected from these people because I would not want these things to uh, be released publicly. But we were uh, working with some animals. We'll leave it at that. And uh, we, you know, it was the, the kids and Brandy and I. And we thought, well, how bad does that little zapper, you know, that is used on livestock really hurt? Now, those of you that know me intimately well, I, I like to lift weights, I like to run, I like to inflict pain on myself because I know that pain causes growth. Write that one in your journal. Pain causes growth. So I'm like, I am a man. I can take this thing. Go ahead. He'd walk close to me and, 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 and they'd walk up to me and I'd, I'd be like, I'm ready, I'm ready. And then I'd be like, no, I ain't ready. I can't do it. This game went on for about an hour and a half. What I thought I could stand there and take in the natural, my flesh took over and I started backing up. I had to back up. No, I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't see it coming. I can't do it. We all did this. We all felt this yesterday afternoon. I think all of us but one person chickened out completely. But see, what was happening was I had this expectancy in my mind that when this hit me, who always been hit by electricity before? It doesn't feel all that great, right? Your legs do something funny. You might get a cramp over here. You know, you, you, know, you might lose control of things you don't want to lose control of ever. And all those thoughts were creeping into my mind. I don't know, but this makes, this makes a 1,200-pound cow move really quick. And I only weigh 200 pounds. What's it going to do to me? That's what's going through my mind. I had this expectancy of great pain and hurt, and I couldn't take it. Then I got zapped. I'm like, oh, hey, yeah, that's not so bad. <laughs> I'm a man. That didn't hurt so bad. I could give it to me again. I could take it again. Yeah, that's not bad. That's expectancy. See, we, we, we talk about it like it's a spiritual term. But in the natural, when you connect the supernatural with the natural, we begin to understand what expectancy means right there. Now, listen, don't tell social services. We were not abusing the children with this at all. <laughs> God is our witness. We were all having a good time. Amen. Amen. But I thought about that, that expectancy. What happens, we assume the worst when we hear information. 
We, we believe the worst is going to take place. We believe that if you get a diagnosis, this is the end. We immediately let our mind be flooded. Miss Jenny talked about Sunday school this morning. I think it's the neural pathways. They're like ruts in your brain. And, and, and your thoughts just keep going down the same road. And it builds a rut. And you can't get out of that. But that's what happens. It's true. It's powerful. I just know that I have one experience with electricity. And every other experience is going to be just like it. Hurt just as bad. Take me down to my knees. Cry like a baby in front of my family. You know, all those things, right? But that's what happens when we have expectancy and it is not based in faith, but it's based in fear. I want to read a couple of scriptures, because if I don't, um, it would be called blasphemy, and this won't get to come back up here. Let's all turn in our Bibles. I want to talk about, you know, Josh has talked about for, I think, four or five weeks, a great, a great series of messages, praise God, about hearing the voice of God. I want to talk to you a little bit about the expectancy, how to, how to understand and relate to the Father and Jesus and the Holy Spirit and, and, and then some places in the Bible where expectancy was placed right and put you on the right path. And I just I just wanna I wanna hit you with that prod today and say, Ooh, I, I need to change my expectancy. I should have brought that thing in today, but I don't know if that, I that might have got me in bad trouble. Y'all excited to be here today? Man, I am. I love the house of God. I love being here. I love being with y'all. It is so good. One John, it's somewhere back here, you know, with these pages, they, the words get smaller. I don't know how they do that. That's quite the trick. Let's talk first about Jesus, our advocate. I was in a meeting, uh, you know, with Josh and, and, and Cameron and talked about this, this mentorship program where you almost become an advocate where you're helping somebody out. And it just really stuck with me. I thought, man, I love that word advocate. Because that's really what Jesus is. Alrighty, 1 John 2, 1. My little children, these things I write to you so that you may not sin. And if anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. We have an advocate. That's somebody that's going to go forth and speak on our behalf. You might think, well, that may not be a good thing. Let me tell you, it's a good thing. We need Jesus going to the Father on our behalf. We need him having our back. Amen? Now let's turn to John 14, 26. Let's talk about the, the Holy Spirit for a minute and the position. So, you know, we have, the, we have God the Father, we have Jesus, and we have the Holy Spirit, right? That makes up the Trinity. John 14, 26. But the helper, everybody say helper. helper. I need a helper. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and bring, you, bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you, not as the world gives, but I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Wait a minute. We're not supposed to be afraid. It seems like fear all of a sudden again. I want to talk about, uh, uh, you know, Pastor Josh talked about this a lot, but that word helper is, in the Greek is parakletos. And it really has kind of four different meanings. It's the intercessor, the counselor, and the advocate, and the comforter. See, we need, we need Jesus, right? Our elder brother, right? If God is the father, then Jesus is our elder brother. We need him to go and have... Help. How many of you had a big brother? I didn't. I'm the oldest of all. But how many of you had a big brother? Having a big brother some days was good. I think for some folks, I, you could ask my boys, and some days it's not good. But I'm telling you, in the kingdom of heaven, had a big brother is good. Because see what happens? We have this issue. We, if we had a father that maybe was a little bit hard, we have a hard time relating, relating to Father God. If we had a brother that was rough and mean on us, we have a hard time relating a lot of times to Jesus. And then I think that the maternal relationship that you might have had with a mother is directly related to the Holy Spirit a lot of times. That's how those sometimes interface. And if we've had bad natural experiences, that's why it's so important for what uh, Cameron was saying about being fathers, spiritual fathers to people, because they may have not had natural fathers to understand how they can love and be nurtured and taken care of like our Heavenly Father will. Oh, we got to get some more amens than that. That's pretty good. I'll preach myself to happy this morning. 
All right, Romans 8, 15. So we've talked about Jesus, our advocate, the Holy Spirit, our helper, and then we're going to talk about Abba Father, Romans 8, 15. Y'all need to write these down and refer back to them because it will change your life and remind you when all of a sudden your expectancy is based out of fear and not your identity. Romans 8, 15. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received a spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. Abba, Father. I don't use the word Father. I, I do a lot kind of out of religious tradition, but I had an encounter with the Lord a few years ago before we moved up here, and I began to use the word Papa because that's how I relate to, to Papa God. It's almost how he loves me, and there's nothing I'm going to do to change that. I think when we say father, it becomes real serious, becomes stoic, it becomes legalistic, and that's not how this operates. Here's the story that's going to align all this for you. Seven days ago in that seat right there during the praise and worship, the Lord reminded me of a, of a situation. This is going to make some of you laugh again. You don't know these people. You don't know their identities. You can make assumptions, but please don't do that. And if my story offends those involved, or maybe weren't involved, I'm sorry, please forgive me now. May the grace of God cover us both. I got to help some folks last fall after harvest, hauling around some all-natural organic fertilizer. And... It's really nice. So I enjoy driving a semi. You know, I had to do it for, uh, you, know, uh, you know, hauling a fertilizer truck years ago. I didn't enjoy it when you had to do it every day. But if you get to do it every now and again, it's fun. You know, I, you know what, it brings out, you know, like the 15-year-old and all of us men when you get behind the wheel of a big truck. So I'm hauling a tanker full of all-natural organic fertilizer. And uh, I'm coming through a big, bumpy intersection. Thank you, Jesus. And... I'm driving along, I'm having a good time, I'm having the time of my life. And I'm driving, I, I slow down, I hit the stop sign, I'm looking both ways, and then we're rolling. And all of a sudden, I look back about three-fourths away through the intersection, there is a geyser behind me of all-natural organic fertilizer. <laughs> I'm driving and looking, and whoo, Lord, help me, Jesus! And it's, it's a bit of a mess. But I'm like, you know, I'm going to make it to my destination because if this thing is all getting ready to go out, I've got to go and drive a little bit faster. So I'm driving and I'm praying. I'm driving and I'm praying. I'm driving and I'm praying. Jesus, help me. And I'm nervous. I'm so nervous, I don't even know that I got words to speak. And that, as you might hear from my wife, that doesn't happen very often. So I get to my destination and I interface with a person I will call the brother. I've got kind of a strange look on me. He's got a strange look on him, and uh, he knows something's not right. I have a choice at this point to create a really amazing story about what happened or play it off like, I ain't no big deal. Or just be a man and man up be like, hey, listen, I had a little problem back there. And uh, went through this intersection. We had a little geyser of all natural organic fertilizer, a little messy. He gets this real serious look, and all of a sudden, my expectancy was, I'm done. Relationships will be lost. I will not be allowed back in. Every possible bad scenario that could possibly happen came through my mind at that moment. So the brother looks at me. He goes, okay. He picks up the phone. He calls another person. We'll call him the father. I don't know what the dialogue is, but I'm sure it's something like, you better call his wife, tell him to come, you know, her to come pick him up. Again, my expectancy is that this thing has gone downhill so bad that I've re ruined everything. So he makes this phone call, and I don't know what's happening behind the scenes, but again, I'm so nervous, I, I got nothing to say. It's a pretty somber and quiet moment. So he gets me unloaded. He goes and does what he does with all natural organic fertilizer. Y'all are laughing because that's really what it is. 
Remember, I'm a fertilizer guy. I get back to the destination, or the, the, the place where I started and got loaded up. And uh, I'm, I'm sitting there, and I'm nervous. I'm really worried. I'm worried that the wrath of human nature is getting ready to come down upon me. And it's going to be painful and bad. And I certainly won't get to drive a big truck anymore. So I'm standing around and sulking in the pity of my own party. Thinking about how I should have done this or shouldn't have done this. And then the third person rolls up. All right, so right, we've got the brother, we've got the father, and we've got the third person. Y'all following where we're going here? i got the third person that shows up on the scene. Now this person shows up. And, and honestly, I, I probably have a, a heart connection to this person more so than the other two. And he comes up, he, he gets out of the pickup truck, and he's smiling, and he's laughing. And he's, uh, you know, he's, got, he's got his bibs on, and um, he's smiling and laughing at me. He says, I heard you had a little problem today. Instantly, all the weight of my self-condemnation started slipping off of me. He says, I heard you had a little mess out there today. I said, yeah, I mean, I just, I just, he's laughing at me and he's joking with me. He's like, oh, don't worry. Things like that happen all the time. We're going to get it all taken care of. The and I'm using, not using names. The father's already made a phone call to so-and-so and dispatched people on the scene. And it's already getting cleaned up. And the brother's going to be coming back. And it's all going to be put back in the right place. And don't even worry. It's going to be all right. And he keeps laughing at me. That's how heaven works, folks. So I'm feeling better. Uh, at least I'm laughing and breathing at that point. And then the father comes in and I'm like, this is when it probably could go all downhill quickly. The father's got his grin on him. And I look at him, oh, I'm so sorry. He just smiles at me and says, don't worry about it. Got it all taken care of. Not a problem. Like literally, it was no issue at all. See, what happens in our life is that we run into circumstances where things don't go right. Maybe we slip up as believers. Maybe we slip into sin. Maybe we make a mistake and we're so scared of the outcome because we got our expectancy placed in the flesh rather than in the spirit of the living God and the promises of the living God that what happens is we start assuming all of this guilt on ourselves. Boy, I've wronged. I've ruined my life. It's never going to be right again. I'm not going to get to heaven. The Father doesn't want to see me. But what happens is you go to the brother and say, Jesus, I'm sorry. I've had a problem. I've made a mistake. And Jesus, and Jesus isn't standing there going, I told you not to do that. I knew you shouldn't have been involved in that. I knew you shouldn't have been driving that truck. The brother goes, no, nah, let me talk to the father here. We'll get this all figured out. See, some of you are sitting here today and you are bound up by your own condemnation because you're assuming that heaven is looking down upon you, but heaven's looking at you going, why are you putting this stuff on yourself? Because it's not from heaven. That's called condemnation. You see the Holy Spirit. Everybody say Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. I love the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, fall upon us today. Just consume us right now. Right now, we give you full authority. See, the Holy Spirit shows up and is our comforter in our time of need, in our time of distress, in duress, in pain, in hurt, and all the mind games, and all those neural pathways that we've written down to where we can't see anything else. Our ruts are so deep in our mind. We can't assume any other outcome is possible than the very worst. And, and if you just give access to the Holy Spirit, he's walking up to you with a smile, laughing, going, I heard you got some troubles. I'm here to help. It's going to be all right. The Father's already, see, that's what happens. We get in trouble. Well, I'm, come on. Y'all, it's like a fire in me. Y'all don't, don't get it. What happens is, God is sitting up there. And when we come to him with our problems 
and we get intimate with him. What he wants to do is send the Holy Spirit to minister to you in your very place of trouble. And he wants to send Jesus on the scene. And he wanted to dispatch angels. See, there was people that day doing things that I didn't know who they were. And I didn't know what they were doing. But God had sent that they were dispatched to clean the mess up. See, God wants to dispatch angels from heaven today to clean up your mess. God wants to dispatch angels to pull you out of the rut you're in and to help you. God wants to deliver you from the place that you're in. God doesn't want you to be bound there and stuck there and eating on your own condemnation. He wants to deliver you. I can bust into flames. Y'all know why. Think about Daniel 3.16. The story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Three boys that were not going to bow down to an, a golden statue. They said, mm-mm, we ain't going to do it. They said, oh, by the way, our God's going to deliver us. See, they had an expectancy. They said, I don't care what you do to us, but we ain't bowing down and we ain't doing that. Go ahead and throw us into the fire. Go ahead. Because either our God will deliver us or the alternative will happen, but we ain't bound down. That's expectancy right there, brother and sister, I'm telling you. That's the expectancy we got to have is that I don't care what the circumstance looks like, but I'm not going to let my expectancy build, be built out of my flesh because my flesh can be corrupted and it's broken. It's dying. And from the moment we're born, we're dying and decaying in this body. We have to have our expectancy based on the spirit of the living God. In our eternity and our place in heaven. We've got to change our mindset. Acts 1-4. Jesus instructed him to not, the disciples to not leave, to leave Jerusalem. They went into the upper room. Were they sitting around eating pizza and having a party? No, they were filled with expectancy. That God was going to do what God said he was going to do. They were waiting I think some of us, we get praying and complaining instead of praying and waiting. I'm just speaking because that's what I do. I pray and complain. Well, God, why haven't you done it yet? Well, God, I've been waiting. Well, God, you said you're going to do this. What's the deal? What's the holdup? Let me, let me just go ahead and get ahead of you, God, and I'll work it out for you. Right? That works out well. We can talk about making your own Ishmael. Go ahead and create your own ahead of God and watch out how well that works out. It will cause turmoil. But that's what we do. They were praying and waiting and expecting God to move. Paul and Silas. This is my, this is my favorite story probably of the entire Bible. Paul and Silas. Paul and Silas go to prison. Do y'all know this? Paul and Silas go to prison for doing what Jesus told them to do. got real quiet in here like it did when I heard that too. <laughs> All right, Matthew 10, 8. Let's look there really quick because I, I want you to pick up some of these pieces. See, because I think what's going to happen in your life like it is mine is you do what's right and bad things come up, right? Rains on the just and the unjust. Bad things happen, but it's how you handle yourself and where you place your expectancy is going to dictate your outcome. Letters keep getting smaller in this Bible. I just, good night, help me, Lord. So Jesus in Matthew 10, 8 is giving instructions to the disciples, right? And he's saying, heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. That's all Paul and Silas did. That demon girl was falling around and they got tired of it and got you know, angry at it and said, no, listen, I command you to be gone in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. They did what Jesus had instructed to do. That what The disciples were training and raising and, and we know the story. And what happened was they, they go to prison. Now listen, y'all. If you put me in prison and I didn't do anything wrong, you think I'm gonna, we're going to be sitting in there singing and shouting and praising? I'm going to be mad. Where's my attorney? I mean, we talk about being holy like, oh, I'll be like Paul and Silas. We'll be laying up in there and praising and worshiping. Oh, listen, we're all so much caught up in the flesh. 
We're going to be angry. We're going to be calling people. We're going to be trying to get on Facebook and make nasty posts about what's going on. Instead of looking for the God opportunity in the moment. That's what I like about what they did. Not only were they brought to the inner part of the prison, but they were shackled as well. So it wasn't bad enough you had to go to the nastiest part of the prison, but we're going to shackle you so it's not even going to be good to lay down. They started worshiping. Hallelujah. They had an expectancy that no matter what happened to them, they were going to be delivered. And even if they weren't delivered, they were going to be obedient to the heavenly vision. Amen? So they begin to worship. There's an earthquake. They get to go. Now listen, if I'm in prison and I'm worshiping and there's an earthquake, I'm running like Forrest Gump and I'm not looking back. But they turn and minister to a jailer and then stuck around and said, we want to be exonerated publicly so that we can show that our ministry is without corruption. Their expectancy was that God was going to do something great and move upon their life in a mighty way. He wasn't caught in, well, our ministry's over, I guess we're done. Woe was me. The rats are chasing us down right now. And they look hungry. I'm just telling you. Y'all, we don't seem to relate to these folks in here very well. But I think they relate to us a lot better than we want to acknowledge. Amen? They set the standard for what we should pattern our lives after. What are we speaking? What are we speaking over our lives? Matthew 12, 34, for out of the abundance of the heart, everybody place your hand over your heart right now, the mouth speaks right here in your heart. See, what is in your heart is going to dictate your behavior. I hate to tell it, but that's what's going to happen. That's why the Bible says, guard your heart with all diligence, for out of it comes all the issues of life. Guard your heart of our hearts real quick. God, help us right now. By the power of your Holy Spirit, help us with our heart right now. Don't help us. If we need a heart transplant, God, give it to us. Help us, God. Reveal, reveal to us personally and intimately our heart condition and help us, Lord. Steward the most important organ in our body. In Jesus' name I pray. Everybody says, See, when we're praying, you know, asking and seeking and knocking, and we have faith, which is, we use that word faith a lot, but it's really about trust. How many of y'all inspected your chairs before you sat down this morning? I wonder if this has been tightened. I wonder if this has four legs. And you just sat down and we're like, this is nice. That's the difference. Trust. You had trust and faith that that seat was going to hold you up this morning. You have faith. That none of you I've been watching have checked your chair while we've been having this message. It's a chair. It has no supernatural power. It has no life. But yet in the life-giving power of the Holy Spirit, we're checking and we're wondering and we're confused and we're lost and we don't know. Oh my gosh, he's going to do it. What happens if he doesn't? I know I'm preaching pretty good. None of y'all are saying amen, but I believe it. So when we pray, we're asking, seeking, knocking, and we have faith, which is trusting that God will hear us and answer us. We begin to live out of a place of expectancy that God is going to do what God said he's going to do. Maybe, see, the problem is we pray, oh, God, deliver me from my trials. Deliver me, deliver me, deliver me. I always believed deliver me was send the helicopter in, lower the basket, pick me up, take me out. I don't want to deal with none of these people no more. I don't want to see this place no more. I hate it, God. They're all of the devil. They don't love you. Take me away. Anybody pray that? Man, y'all are being bashful today, too. It's okay. But God doesn't want, that's not God's definition of deliverance. See, that's what the disciples wanted. They wanted deliverance out of the situation rather than taking through and showing you, God showing you how to steward the opportunity in the moment. See, what God did was he revealed to me in that moment. Or about that moment that I had. That see, we automatically have a bad instance. Spill some all-natural organic fertilizer. I'm going to ruin all the relationships I've got. I've, I've dropped the ball. I can't, I can't do this anymore. God, God's ticket, I'm, everything's gone. Instead of 
God, I know you can take me through this. Show me how to make it right. Help me, Jesus. Raise your hand if you've absolutely blown it. We've got a prayer line for everybody later. But if you've blown it, some of you might be like this. <laughs> You're not kicked out. It's not a fraternity. I hope each and every one of you have an opportunity to blow it so you can see the goodness of God. I hope in this moment you can begin to say, I need to let the Holy Spirit, maybe, maybe some of you need to let the Holy Spirit come in and invade you right now. Because, because although you've told Jesus about what's going on and troubling in your life, maybe you've told Jesus, and He's gone to the Father, and the Father's dispatched help on your behalf, but you still haven't let the Holy Spirit, the Comforter, come in and minister to you that inner healing that still needs to happen. That's available as well. See, that's the, that, that's the last part you forget. You think, oh, it was so important, you know, about the, telling the brother about the incident. Yes, confession is good. Confession, what you did. So he can go to the Father and be our advocate and have that right alignment with heaven. And then, and then God can send dispatches from heaven and dispatch angels to get on the scene to help us for the troubles that we're in. And then the Holy Spirit gets sent out going, I can just almost hear God say, Holy Spirit, go down there and just comfort him. Just pour it on him. Just, just consume him so that he can feel my love and not feel that condemnation that they're trying to wear, but wear the blanket of my love and not that condemnation. That's heaven's plan. That's how it works in heaven. If you believe in any other way, you're not believing the B-I-B-L-E. You've picked up the lies. I go back to the beginning, what you have expectancy for. Think about these diagnoses we get of sickness and disease. And I get angry with God and say, God, I pray for them, I believe for them. And they're not delivered from their sickness. They're not miraculously healed immediately like I think it should be done. I believe we should lay hands on the sick, pray, and they're, thank you. Now that happens, right? Many of us have seen that. But there's also a process of healing that teaches us things along the way that maybe otherwise we wouldn't have learned. I've been through some things that I've hated in life. But they teach us things. I'm going to lay on the 747 here in a few minutes. I want to tell you one last testimony. I was in Florida. I moved down there for a gentleman. hope this thing doesn't go live. I moved down there because I trusted another man in his word about business and what that business would fulfill, the fulfillment of that business would be and some promises for me and my family. Those promises didn't come to pass. And prayerfully, I decided I had to hold that man accountable to his word. And we departed ways. And I thought, well, I, I've got some options here. But being a young man with a wife and four kids, I have a lot of mouths to feed and didn't have you know, I didn't have a stockpile of cash to just live, you know, live life and keep going forward without income. And so I was very nervous. And I got an introduction to another man. And, um, you know, he says, hey, I've been watching you. I, I think I want to hire you. And I said, no, I don't want to work for you. I was so broken and so hurt. I was just being ugly. That man spent six hours just saying, I need you, I need you, I need you, I need you. I said, Okay. I, was, I left that meeting, and I, I said, yes, I would come work for him. He says, all right, well, we'll work on some things, and I'll get back to you. I spent two weeks in the worst place I've ever been, assuming that that job offer wasn't going to come through, that I, my family, we'd, we'd blown it. We were in Florida. We missed it. We were going to be sent home, you know, um, you know, on Greyhound bus with nothing, and I would be ashamed of what my behavior has been. And then the Holy Spirit kicked me. I said, this is not how it's going. I'm not going out like this. So I began to write my testimony out. I began to change my expectation and my expectancy for what God was going to do. So I started writing my testimony. 
And the moment I got to the end, I remember I was sitting on the dock right next to the river. I remember that moment when I started getting to the last page of my testimony where I was getting ready to stop. And all of a sudden, my phone rang. I'm not making this up. If I'm lying, I'm dying. Now, my phone rings. The man says, listen, we got things worked out. We will pay you what you asked to be paid. When can you start? My expectancy changed. I could have said, woe is me. I've blown it. I'm going to hide out in that ditch. I'm going to run. I'm going to hide. I'm going to be ashamed. But I started changing my expectancy in that very moment. And I believe that's when heaven changed and things started happening. What are you facing today? That if you just change your expectancy, it would open the door to heaven, sending all the resources that you need to deliver you from what has been afflicting you. Mr. Paul, if you come up and make this beautiful machine, make holy sounds. I have three hours more of preaching to do, but many of you asked to leave early today, so I'm accommodating. <laughs> I've prayed earnestly about today, as I always do when I get to share the word with you. And I have some things I'm going to ask you all to, Pastor Josh said this great, when we're hearing from God, and we believe we're hearing, we have to be willing to embrace those around us who might miss it, but we're still going to embrace them in love because they tried. Amen? Tell my people to begin to pray with expectancy expectancy that I will do for them what I have promised. Tell them to pray with confidence that I'm hearing them and not far away. For when my people draw near to me, I draw near to them. Be expectant. Tell my people, I want to be intimate with them. I want to hear what is on their heart. I want to talk to them. right now and I'm going to begin to saw off where it's attached to the tree by faith in the living God I'm going to ask every one of you to close your eyes and bow your head this is none of your none of this will be seen but I believe this morning the Lord has very specific prophetic calling for two people. It might be more than two. I, I, I don't know. But I'm, I'm going out on limb because I believe enough in the voice that I hear that if there's a chance that I'm right with this, somebody's life will be changed, possibly forever. I believe that there's someone here that is hurting so bad that they can't see past the moment. Let alone to the end of the day, it's an all-consuming pain or grief. If that is you this morning, with all eyes closed, just raise your hand. Amen. Put your hand. God, you're good. This is the instruction for the one who raised your hand. This is the instruction from heaven. Just tell them to fix their eyes sorely or solely for me on me and I will fill in every gap crack and hole person that raised their hand. 
just want to tell you specifically that God loves you so much that he would stop me and stop this day and stop this moment to tell you that you are so worthy that you are so important that God would stop everything and all that we're doing just to touch your life that he loves you so much that there's nothing you can do to separate yourself from his love and that if you just draw near to him he's going to draw near to you and absolutely cover you with his presence not only will you get to see the father send dispatch all the angels and support from heaven to minister to your every need but also you're going to get to welcome in the great holy spirit that's going to comfort you in the time of your pain to tell them that they're not enough. I want to challenge each and every one of you men and fathers that you may have no understanding of the depth of this, but God has commissioned you as fathers and as men to stand tall and stand firm your household for the godly things of the kingdom and to pour them into your spouse your wife and pour them into your children and I'm and on this Father's Day I'm charging you and challenging you in the name of Jesus to stand up and be righteous and holy men and I'm not saying you're not righteous and holy men they will stand with the Bible in one hand and a hand of love in the other to lead your family to the cross and to love and to nurture. I don't care what your circumstances are. I don't care where you've been. I don't care what you've done. I don't care if you got saved 10 minutes before walking through that door. You have a kingdom assignment. And I just want to pray for you. Y'all are back in the back. I want you to extend the hand. celebrate fathers for these fathers I pray that your power and your anointing would rest upon them right now I pray that they would have a deeper revelation of what it means to be a godly spirit filled father and that they can be generation changers and change and they can break off generational curses that the way it was before them doesn't have to be the way it was after them could change the course of history with their obedience to your word. I pray that you would send angels to be around them and minister to them every day and everywhere they go. That you would strengthen them. That they would have the strength, the strength of Samson. 
and let them have the heart of David and let them be found worshiping you God and be beacons of light to the other young men and sons that are broken and lost in this world I call forth the godly anointing upon them right now in the name of Jesus I pray strengthen upon them by the power of the Holy Ghost I pray God that you would give them deliverance from every affliction that's around them if they're in troubles right now show them a pathway out Lord give them great expectancy for your power to be upon them in everything that they do that they wouldn't hope and wonder but they would begin to get that seed of expectancy in their heart that their mouth would be connected to their heart and their heart connected with you Father I pray you bless them I pray specifically that you would speak to them that they would walk in strength and not fear and doubt I pray this in the name of Jesus everybody say how about a round of applause for our Father for our Father today us men, we can change the entire community around us and the entire world. Amen. All right, men, you have a seat. Thank you, Jesus. driver, no crazy driver, no out of control driver would come near you. I speak that the spirit of infirmity has no authority over your body, your life, or your family, or anybody in this house in Jesus' name. I rebuke the assignment of the enemy for infirmity and death. Lord, I pray that you would send your angels to watch over each and every one of them throughout this week. Lord, I pray that they would be prosperous as believers, that everything they put their hand to would prosper because your anointing is upon them. Lord, let them be filled with joy and expectancy for what you're going to do 